0: Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. Fantastic morning so far. How's everyone doing? I thought I was in church. There's Christians in here this morning, right? Jesus saved your soul. How we doing this morning? Come on, come on. No, stand up. We're doing 10-second praise break. Stand up. Go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Praise, praise, go, go, go. Fantastic. Somebody say, Jesus. Fantastic. Have a seat. Have a seat. We ain't come back to a dry house. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Oil don't dry that fast, fam. We are an anointed house. We are a people of His presence. Amen. Where two or more are gathered in His name, which we most certainly are. Somebody say, yeah. Yeah. There He is in the midst of us. Amen. Amen. So we're going to get it this morning. And uh, man... (laughs) Yeah. You're going to get it this morning. We are. We are going to get it this morning. Oh man, it was, uh, like Pastor Adrian said, it was incredible. We were up in upstate New York at an assignment, preaching to over 150 youth and young people and adults alike. And then we got to preach at this amazing church in upstate New York and Rochester. And it was an incredible moment in time. And I got to tell you, man, I am... Uh, <laughs> I'm so grateful for what the Lord is doing in this house because people are coming to us and asking us to bring what he is doing in this room every single time that we gather. And they're saying, can you come and can you impart that into these young people? Can you impart that into our church? Can you impart this into our region? And friends, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. For allowing Adrian and I to go and do these things as the Lord opens those doors. Because what he's doing here is truly special. So much so that people who shouldn't be looking to Grand Rapids, Michigan for the spiritual climate of upstate New York, New York City proper, Bay City, all these other places that we've been welcomed and invited into. They shouldn't be looking to you and I to be the spiritual template and temperature, but they are. And that's because you and I, we have made an agreement with one another that we are going to be yielded to him and him alone. Amen? Amen. We are a church. We are not a product. We are not trying to sell you something. We are trying to give him an offering. Yeah. Preaching to anybody this morning. Okay. Do I have any alive people in the house? Yes. Did you poorly steward your Saturdays and just get terrible sleep? What is going on? My favorite part is that people laughed when I was being entirely serious. We want to give him a good offering. You're not giving me a good offering. We're giving him a good offering. We are coming to a place. We are displacing ourselves from anywhere else that we could be. And we are getting low before him. I felt the spirit of God saying to our church all week long in preparation for today, Matt, a river runs to the lowest place. A river runs to the lowest place. You want to see demons flee in Jesus' name? You get low. You want to see healing come where it shouldn't? You get low. You want to see the presence of God come and take over a room and a people? You get low. Do I got any lowly people in the room this morning? We're going to get low. We're going to bear ourselves before him and we're going to say, we long for nothing but you. We have a world that is worshiping a thousand different idols and a thousand different voices and a thousand different words. And we have one. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh man, I heard this, (laughs) I heard church was fire last week. Come on, people were in here, we didn't even pray and they got healed all the way from Austin, Texas. Are you kidding me? Had a bunch of missionaries join us from Austin, Texas and they come and they get healed in our services. Are you talking? Come on, somebody. Amazing. I heard that the prophet of the house, Zach Kramer, brought a fire word, fire upon humanity. I know he didn't give you a title for his message, but uh, one thing I know about prophets, is they don't have to be great communicators. They need to be great carriers. You want to be a prophet for the Lord? Get really good at carrying the Lord. And I'll tell you what, Zach Kramer, one of my closest brothers in arms, is a great carrier of the Lord. He's a great carrier. So, man, we're going to continue stewarding the prophetic word for our church this year, and that is fire upon the earth, coming out of Luke 12, 49 through 50, where Jesus laid out his game plan in a time and place where there's so many opinions and so many ideas on who Jesus is, what he came to accomplish, and what he wanted to do in the earth. He told us a long time ago, and he made it plain, I have come to cast fire upon the earth. I have a baptism that I am in distress for until it comes. And I would give it if it was already kindled. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, a fire people, a fire body, a fire bride. Amen. That's what he's come to do. So we're stewarding that. We're not not switching up for some relationship series. We're not going to do five steps to a better business bullcrap. We're not doing that here. We want the one. Amen. We want him. Amen. We long for the bridegroom. Amen. That's what we're here for. We have no other agenda. We have no other notion. We have no other lover or attachment. Just Jesus. So we're going to continue to steward that for week 32. If you're taking notes, where are my note takers at? Come on, put your hand up. Oh, yes. Shame the person next to you who's not taking notes. I'm kidding. Kidding. But take notes. We love our note taking, don't we? I want to see you going back through these things throughout the week and just remembering because sometimes the Lord he is hitting you right where you are and it's not even things that I'm saying he is just wrecking you and rocking you and you want to document that you want those words so you can go back to them you want those words so you have something to hold on to when you are running low amen so the title of my message this morning the title of my sermon rather this morning it's going to take years to break off the word message from my tongue but I'm intent on doing it. The title of my sermon this morning. Are you ready? A fire that breaks in. A fire that breaks in. A fire that breaks in. We're coming out of the book of Luke. This is a familiar passage. We've preached on it a few times, and I'm assuming there will be more that we will do this in, but man, the Lord is just, he is sitting on this word right now, and it is for our church. It is for this season. It is for this day. And it is for the church at large. So we are going to get into it. Amen. Luke 11, 1 through 13. Here we go. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord... Teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And which one of you, Jesus says, which one of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing set before him and he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, his annoyance, how annoying he gets, how unreasonable he is, impudence. He will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his sons ask for a fish, will instead of fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Let's tear into it, eh? Yeah. Cool. we're going to pray and we're going to see what the Lord will do. Father, I love you. Father, I trust you. Father, I give you this moment. I give you this service, God. I hand over myself and I just say, Lord, take me by the hand take me by the hand. Use me as your mouthpiece, your megaphone, God, to a church in an area that is in desperate need of an infilling of the Holy Spirit, that is in desperate need of a great outpouring of revival. So, Lord, right now, you have every attention in the room. All of our affection is set on you. Our eyes are fixed on you, God. Give us horse blinders this morning to retain and see the goal ahead of us, to maintain the pace you've set before us, God, that we may reach the destination you have for us, God. Father, I pray. I pray this morning for great hearers of the word, God. May it not be simply great preaching alone, God, but today would we be a people given over over to being great hearers of the word, God. We know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Father, this morning, open our ears to receive this morning. We lay ourselves before you and we say, come Lord Jesus, come. We join in with the Maranatha cry of the bride of the end days, of the Angels in heaven and we say come Lord Jesus come have your way let nothing else remain except the very Lord Jesus Holy Spirit have your way in this place we yield to you and you alone we just sang it for a long time we said you are welcomed here so Holy Spirit do what you do when you are welcomed in a place take over and Jesus mighty and undefeated name of faithful church said Amen. amen come on A fire that breaks in, a fire that breaks in, a fire that breaks in. You know, we're in a season right now of summertime and I'm going to be honest, I hate summertime. I do. Matt, you're a ginger. You don't want to go outside. Wrong. I hate what it does to the church. I hate that suddenly assembling in the house of God becomes a thing that we care the least about. And yeah, I know I'm talking to a bunch of people who are here today and I honor you for that. What I am telling you is that my heart is grieved because I just spent a week with over 150 kids who paid $350 to come and get slain in the spirit. And yet we come back to West Michigan and the culture here in our region is not only will we not pay to be in church, almost like we couldn't be paid to be in church and I believe I believe Lord Jesus is grieved in this hour because the hour is getting dark the world is getting dark our nation is getting dark everything is collapsing in on itself and the church should be remaining the church should be standing the church should be the beacon of light and hope and saying if you are tired of chasing your tail in the dark well, we're in this room, we got the lights on, and there's a place for you at the feet of Jesus. And so I honor you that is here, but absolutely I need to say this as a pastor because somebody needs to say it. I'm sick and tired of, you just got to find a way to get along with summer. No, Jesus doesn't find a way to get along with our sin. He doesn't find a way to get along with our disobedience, and I'm not going to find a way to get along with the culture of West Michigan. We're going to raise up a remnant whose favorite place to be is Mary of Bethany found at the feet of Jesus. Amen? Man, there are a few things the Lord will actually ask of you in this life. And one of them is being somewhere on a Sunday. It's crazy. So I'm grieved and I'm also incredibly encouraged Because there's a generation of young people who are willing to pay, who are willing to pay to be found in the presence of God. And I'll tell you this the games were awesome. The things that we did, loads of fun. But the things that they were most excited about and most changed by, and the memories that they will have and they will take back to their schools and their families from this moment forward, was found in chapel. It's found in chapel. And I pray it would be the same for you and for me. Amen. I believe there's a fire that breaks in. I believe that you and I, we are called to burn to such a degree that we're not going to be a people who are waiting for a breakthrough. Instead, we are going to be a people who break in on God. Amen. I am interested in a completely undeniable and unreasonable people, amen? Because I believe our God answers with unreasonable and undeniable miracles when he hears the call, the breaking glass of an undeniable and unreasonable people. And that's who you and I, we are going to be. It's interesting. The amount of times I've preached on the scripture, the Lord just keeps bringing it back to my memory. You see, in the last few weeks, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you want to do this summer? What area do you want us to burn in? How do you want us to burn for you? What needs to burn within us? And he said simply, Matt, teach my people to pray. Teach my people to pray. And so for the last number of weeks, we've looked at intercession. We've looked at standing in the gap for a region and a city and a people and ultimately that leading us to greater friendship with God. And then from there, we looked at wetting the altar. That when the Lord asks us to do something that makes zero sense, we will still continually do it. That we know whom our God is. That we have been friends with our God. And so when he says the opposite of what brings fire, but instead we wet the altar... We do it and we watch fire cascade from the sky like we never before. And then we looked at prophesying to dead bones. That we don't pray weak, impotent, neutered prayers. But we pray to bones and they put on skin. We pray to ligaments. And they form and they pull bone and sinew and skin together. And we speak to that thing called the four winds that we can't even see. But we know there is not life in a body without breath in its lungs. And we speak to that which is invisible. And we call it into that which is dead before us. And we see resurrection and life on the other side of our prayers. So then I was asking, Lord, where are we going with the rest of summer? And he just said, teach my people to pray. And so over the next number of weeks, we're going to be looking at healing. We're going to be looking at deliverance. We're going to be looking at all these things that Jesus himself did and our early church fathers and mothers did. But what was blaringly obvious to me was this moment in time, this moment in Scripture, Where, if we are going to be unreasonable people, we've got to understand just why we're allowed to be unreasonable. We've got to understand, you see, in this moment, Jesus does something incredible. Unfortunately, some in our greater body, Christianity, have taken on what Jesus said as a manual, but truly, what Jesus says here isn't a manual, it's a model. It's a model. It's not a manual on how to and stick to and it only works if you repeat this and say this and just as Jesus laid it out. No, instead it is a model of which we take and we apply to every season, circumstance and situation we find ourselves in. You see, because here's the deal. We belong to the kingdom of heaven, don't we? So Do I got anybody who dwells in the kingdom of heaven, you are a kingdom dweller. You belong to the kingdom. Your citizenship, as Paul says, it's not in this earth, that is in kingdom. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And in that kingdom, God has many rooms. In that room, he has got answers to situations and circumstances that are miraculous, that is life-changing, that cannot be defeated and cannot be denied. The only problem is, friends, there's different keys for different rooms. There's different keys for different rooms. If we just prayed this prayer... As is, we would never actually apply this prayer as it needs to be applied to our circumstances, our situations, and our seasons as it calls for. You see, that's the beauty. In his kingdom, he has so many rooms and so many things that he's made it all available to you and I through the blood and finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. He has made it available to you and I. But if all we do is lift this up as a manual, we will never apply the model to our particular circumstances and situations and seasons. I'm telling you, there are keys to prayer. There are keys that unlock things in God that you've never seen. And the only reason we've never seen them is because we didn't understand there were specific ways of praying, specific things to do, specific ways of going about things to get specific doors to open in the kingdom of God. We see this modeled all throughout Scripture. Whether it was deliverance, whether it was healing, prosperity, raising the dead, whatever it was, Jesus, down to Paul, down to the Old Testament, they all moved particularly for particular situations. There's keys there's keys. So this morning is my heart and my prayer that we would gather around these words of Jesus, this moment with the disciples, we would gather around it and we would get a fresh evaluation of it because I got to tell you friends, what the Lord opened up to me this week, I literally preached this scripture at camp and the Lord has given me an entirely different message this week. He was like, no, 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 you're going to do it again, but it's for your house. It's for this city, this region, this people, this hour right now. And so I love this portion of Scripture because this portion of Scripture, it really really shames us to a degree, doesn't it? Because here's the deal. At this point in time, a little context, Jesus is telling his disciples and any onlookers that are around, he's talking to them. He ultimately tells them how to pray. And it's amazing. But the only reason he offers up any of this is because they asked. They asked. We have one recorded question in all of Scripture as it... it, uh, what's we're looking for as it pertains thank you as it pertains to life godliness and kingdom ministry and it's in this moment you see the disciples they've they've already seen water turned into wine but they didn't ask about that they've already seen the dead raised but they didn't ask about that They've already seen, friends. They've already witnessed loaves and fish being multiplied to 5,000 men and their wives and children. But they didn't ask about that. They've seen eyes see that have never seen. They saw ears open up that have remained shut. They've seen so many miraculous moments. I mean, Lazarus come out of that cave. And yet... That's not what the disciples asked because the disciples asked something based off what they knew to be most true about Jesus. And I'm telling you, friends, it is a word for you and a word for me in this hour. Jesus, bless you, Jesus, Jesus prayed. Now, maybe to you, that's a no-brainer. But what's interesting is that he's God. I mean, I get why you and I need to pray. We're not God. Do you see? Do you see the level of importance? Jesus was asked one question by his disciples and it was based around the thing they rarely saw him do. He retreated mostly for prayer. He rarely modeled it for them and before them. And yet Jesus, most essential part of his nature and well-being that his disciples came to him and asked him about was this thing that actually kind of makes zero sense when you think about it, because he's God. What does God need to pray to God For he's God. You see, Jesus in this moment, he's modeling something for us. He's modeling something for us that often you and I, we don't have time for. That you and I, we don't purpose in our lives. That you and I, you know, we we would ask very different questions, wouldn't we? Because we're human. We would ask questions like, How did you just raise that dude from the dead? Because I could start a raging itinerant pastoring ministry, and I would be welcomed everywhere in the Midwest, and I would sell out every single church event, and I would make bank. Jesus, can you just show me how to raise the dead? How did you how did you heal those eyes? Like, Jesus, do I need to spit in everyone's eyes? Or can I make mud another way? Like, I'm really trying to get my healing ministry off the ground. And uh, I just need to kind of know, is, like, is this how we do things every time? You see, because for you and I, so often we want things from God to build into our own lives. And now we will pray righteous prayers and we will finish it within Jesus' mighty name. But really the name that we're exalting is often ours. The name we're often interested in exalting is ours. That we want The name and brand we so often want to build isn't the house of God, but it's the house of Matt. But this is how the human condition is. And yet the disciples, they knew something about Jesus and they walked, for a lot of us in this room, they walked with Jesus a shorter amount of time than you and I have. And yet they know something so true about him. He is God in the flesh and yet still needed to pray. Still desired to pray. Still longed to commune with God for himself. And so this is radical because the one who doesn't need to pray prayed the one who doesn't need to pray, prayed. He is the living word of God. John says, in the beginning was God and the word was with God and the, word, and the spirit dwelt among the earth and then the word came and he put on flesh and he dwelt among us, right? John 1, we all know this by now. And yet the living word of God prayed. So if this was essential for Jesus, I'm assuming this is quite essential for you and I. If this was desperately needed by Jesus, I'm assuming this is desperately needed by you and I. It's interesting because it is one of the single most overlooked and underappreciated aspects of Christianity. You want to know why? Because it doesn't play well on Instagram. It doesn't seem like it benefits us anything in the natural. We got too much going on. We got people to see, places to go, money to earn, all of these things, right? That's how we treat this life. And yet one of the things that Jesus spent the single most amount of time prioritizing and doing was something that was rarely seen by other people. And so friends, I'm calling us to this depths. I'm calling us to this fire. I'm calling us to this place with him where we are asking the same questions of the disciples. We're not marveled simply by miracles. We are marveled at the fact that we get to, hear me, we get to interact and converse and commune with our heavenly father our creator our image liker who we were made unto this is amazing this is mind-blowing and yet so often we just treat this like it's jv like it's elementary and i wonder i wonder friends when was the last time you were unmoved in prayer until you moved god When was the last time you took a posture in a position of being unmovable before him until he moved before you? I'm calling us to be an unreasonable and undeniable people. Unreasonable and undeniable people. And here is how we do that. You see, Jesus, he loves that they ask this question. I think much like David going, God, I'm gonna build you a house. And God's going, I never even said that. But you know me so well. His disciples knew Jesus so well that he knew that they weren't interested in simply the show and the bang and all the things he could do because that is a byproduct of intimacy. We've been saying it for months, but intimacy begets ministry. Ministry does not beget intimacy. And so they weren't seeking how to deliver, they were seeking to be delivered. They weren't seeking healing. They were seeking how to be healed. They weren't seeking the miracle of the platform. They were seeking the miracle of the prayer room. That God can come and he can meet people right where they are. So Jesus, he starts us off, and it's interesting. I love the way he starts us off. He says, when you pray, when you pray, notice he doesn't say, if you pray. No, 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 because cards are on the table. Up until this point, they were kind of unsure. They didn't really know how to approach God, what that looked like. They kind of knew that they could, but they didn't know how. And so Jesus, he doesn't go if, if you pray, like if you should find yourself in such a low and desperate place that you actually need God. No, no, he says when. When you speak to your Father, when you speak to Him, when you, when you go to Him, when, 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 when. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no only this, last resorts, last ditch efforts here. It is when you pray. That means there was a time and a place where we made God priority in our lives and He's calling us back to it. He can't simply be priority on Sunday or on Wednesday. He has to be the priority every day. I don't know what so many Christians think Jesus came to accomplish on the cross. But I know whatever it is they think he came to accomplish, they live well below the fruit of it. Because daily encounters with God are possible. If we ever get to the place where we just live for Sunday, we're going to shut this thing down. Because I am telling you, I am telling you, Sunday builds into Monday and then Monday builds into Friday. And then by the time Sunday comes back around, we all come back hooing and hollering and on fire and glory for the Lord. And we do it all over again. We don't go the whole week going, the one time I met Jesus face to face was between between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. on Sunday. Because he didn't, he didn't pay for that. Is the blood of Jesus really only a down payment on that time slot in our lives? Does the blood of Jesus reserve 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Sundays in our lives? I think there's a better price. I think there's a better offering. I think he purchased something a whole lot more. And I think you and I, we go without everything he paid for us to have when we think he just is reserving himself a parking spot in our lives between 10 and 1 p.m. And so in this moment, it's amazing. He says, when you pray, when you pray, and he says, say, our Father. Now we gotta pause right there because the thing I love about this is Jesus is putting in position. In this moment, we have both God the Father We have God the Son, and we finish off with God the Spirit. All three of the Trinity, three in one, one in three, they are all represented in this moment. They are all present in this moment. This is what we see as inner Trinitarian dialogue for those theologians out there. We see this interaction between God in every way that he is. And it's amazing because we see God... The Father. he says, our Father. That means we start off acknowledging him. Why do we start off acknowledging him? Why do we go to our Father first? Because in the beginning was God. And the Word, Jesus, was with God. And then the Spirit of God dwelt among the earth. You see, there is an order to their relationship The Son submits to God the Father. The Spirit submits to God the Father. Why? Because God the Father is the director. He's the director. He's the director. Jesus, the Word, is the creator. And then Spirit, Holy Spirit, is the initiator. Director, creator, initiator are you understanding me this morning and so in this moment he's starting off it's not just this our father my father we'll get to that in just a second because that's true but it's not simply that Jesus is teaching us heavenly order in this moment you're looking for something to begin to be unleashed and unlocked and directed in your life you go to the top you go to the director you go to him From there, he unleashes Jesus into creative power. And then from there, he unlocks the Holy Spirit in your life to be the initiator, the bringer, the outworker of your salvation. Do you see how this works? He is putting something here that is gold. If we could just begin to understand, I believe there are prayers. Hear me today, friends. I believe there's prayers in this room that have gone unanswered because you have not been going to God the Father. Pastor Matt, it's interesting because Jesus says in John 15, you can ask for anything in my name, but who is he talking to? He's talking about you asking God the Father anything in his name. His name is your covering to go in and ask your Father for everything. But you're not asking Jesus for everything. You're asking your Father for everything. On Jesus' card, on Jesus' account, on Jesus' way. I appreciate anybody this morning. Does this make sense? I want to see you just have prayers that get answered like this. And that's because I want you to begin to go in the order of heaven. If we're going to go into healing and we're going to go into deliverance and we're going to go into all these areas and we're going to begin to see miracles break out in our midst every single week, that is where we are going, that is where we are heading because we are a heavenly people sent on mission to Michigan. That's where we're going. God bless this mitten. (sighs) But it it has no clue what is in store for it. God is going to ravish this place. He is going to overthrow by way of his glory and his might and his beauty and his majesty and his miraculous healings and deliverances and we are going to see mass outpouring and revival in this mitten. And then and only then do you have permission to be smitten with the mitten when revival comes. He says, our Father, he is teaching prayerful order. And then what's interesting here is he says, Our Father. And we've got to hit this because we can't move on. Because I think for many of us, even now that I've said God is the director, we're going to go, Well, that isn't really relational. We're going to respond in a way that's like, Well, I I, I don't really know him as director. This is a great time to get to know him as director. This is a great time to get to know him as the one who puts everything into motion the one who anoints you, who sets you apart, who consecrates you, this is the moment to get to know him as such. But because of this notion, now we're kind of feeling unfamiliar, but Jesus, he puts it all, every word from his mouth is just laced with so much heavenly power on the inside of it. And he says, our father, which means he's Audrey's father, which means he's Eden's father, means he's Jay's father, means he's Amanda's father. He's our Father. You see, where we get tripped up is we want to approach Him, but we don't really know Him as Dad. We don't really know Him as Abba. We don't really know Him as God the Father. We have a lot of knowledge on Jesus. We have a lot of understanding of Jesus and His sacrifice and that He made a way for us, but very few of us have actually taken advantage of the way that He made available to us because it wasn't just unto Him that He made a way available, but unto our Father. And so you and I, we've got to begin to rework and rewire and we've got to go haywire for heaven. And we've got to understand this morning, friends, that he's not just my father as your pastor. He's not just your parents' father. He's not just the father of spiritual elites. He's not just Jesus' father. But he's yours. This is paramount to understand because so many of us, we live with broken views of father, but he's perfect. He's perfect. He's perfect. So Jesus, he starts this off so clearly. There is a director. His name is God. He is father, not just to me, but to you. Our father. And then he says, who art in heaven? Who is in heaven? Hallowed be thy name. He then, he puts God in a different class of every other father you've ever come across. He puts God in a class above every other father, every other president, king, institution, or organization you have ever seen direct in the earth. He puts him above. He says, No, 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 no. He's not like you. He's not like you. He's not like your dad. He's not like what you come from. He's not like what you've seen. He's not even like what you've heard. He's so much better. He's in heaven. He's in heaven, friends. And as he's in heaven, that means, guess what? He is unpolluted by the ways of this world. He is unpolluted by the nature of his footstool that he rests upon. He is unpolluted, undiluted. He is undefiled and he rules and he reigns. And Jesus says, our father who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What does hallowed be thy name mean? Your holiness, your perfectness your blamelessness, your sinlessness, you are majestic, you are true beauty, you are everything I am not and long to be made in image and likeness thereof. And so he lays it out. He's laying it out and why this is good news for you and I friends is because he can't be deluded, he can't be defiled, he can't be swayed While churches and pastors fall to the spirit of age in this time zone and they begin to worship rainbow flags and rainbow people, our God is the author of the original rainbow and he remains undefiled and set apart. And he welcomes us into that. And he welcomes them into it. And he welcomes us into this place and he is saying, I am above I am great. I am perfect. I cannot be swayed by political persuasion. I cannot be moved by the grievances I see in the earth. I remain steadfast in my perfection. And all that perfection is available to you and I. And he says, I am in heaven. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he says, ha ha, your kingdom come Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here we go, friends. Buckle up, Buttercup, because he's about to ruin our lives for the glory. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. He's teaching us how to pray. And he is saying, you go to your father. You go to your father. And when you pray to your father who are in heaven and you say, thy kingdom come, your will be done, you are inviting God the father into every situation, every season, every circumstance, you or anyone else you know or love comes across, friends. And guess what happens when God walks in your valley? Guess what happens when God touches down on your mountain? Guess what happens when God meets you in your room or he meets you on a Sunday or he meets you at your workplace? When God is invited in, he brings his entire kingdom with him. He brings his entire kingdom with him. You see, he's not the dad who brings you the McDonald's Happy Meal so you get a toy and he looks like a good guy. No, he's the man who comes and he brings the entire riches of his kingdom along with him. That means he brings every single one of those rooms and every single thing that's available to you in him, And he is unlocking them and making them available to you and I. And so all of a sudden, what seems so daunting to you, all of a sudden you realize the kingdom is present in. All of a sudden, the kingdom of heaven has moved into adultery, has moved into marriages that are broken, has moved into sexuality that has been compromised, has moved into all these broken areas, depression and suicidal thoughts. He moves in into pornography-addicted lives. He moves into cancer-ridden bodies and situations. He moves in, and he brings everything he has with him. Friends, do you understand this is why we don't pray timid prayers? Do you understand this is why we don't just relent? This is why we don't lay down for death or make agreement with it. We don't allow the enemy to rob from us ever. Because we have a God who comes in when we pray. He is the director of all things. He is perfect and undefiled. And when he comes, he brings everything he is Lord of with him. All the power of heaven's armies is available to the believer. All rooms in the kingdom of God are unlockable to the believer. Everything you and I need in this life is available to us. And the reason we go, we go and we live so below what's available to us is because we really, we like the disciples. We need to be taught how to pray. And this is how you teach how to pray. Because when you begin to acknowledge God as He is, not as we think He is, we begin to acknowledge God as He is, not as we wish He would be, He's so much better because your greatest wish of Him doesn't come along with every ounce of His kingdom. Your low view of what He's actually able to do or your low view of His interest in your life and in your marriage doesn't bring in His kingdom. He is greater. He is greater. Somebody say, He is greater he is greater. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And now here is a really uncomfortable part. On earth as it is in heaven. (sighs) Jesus, help me. On earth as it is in heaven. Notice the prayer, friends, isn't... Help me, Jesus. The... (laughs) Notice the prayer in this moment isn't thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I'm going to wait till I get to heaven to receive it. That's not the prayer. That's not the prayer. And so while I empathize and I understand Some of the things that have been said today and last week, that's simply not what we see Jesus pray and see and does. Jesus isn't interested in actually you receiving healing in heaven. That's just a byproduct of a perfected body in a perfected place. That's already a guarantee to the believer, but that's not what we pray. That's not what you and I were welcomed into. That's not what he has spoken When he taught his disciples how to pray, it wasn't, don't worry, one day there will be no more gnashing your teeth or pain or sickness or disease. That is already a guarantee. He is not interested in you simply getting to heaven. He's interested in heaven getting into you. He's interested in not just coming in a moment, but hosting heaven in our daily lives. And so we're not going to be those kind of people. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we go for broke. We give it everything we have. We spend nights in tears and travailing. We spend weekends watching sermons and getting built up in the things of God. We go after the glorious and the miraculous and we become unreasonable and undeniable until the God of breakthrough Allows us to break in on him. You see, right now, I think a lot of Christians, we live waiting for our next breakthrough. I think God is waiting for a break in. I don't think God is just going, man, when are they going to cry out to me enough for me to move? No, no, no. I think he's waiting and going, when are you going to come to me? When are you going to soak the altar with your tears? When is it going to go beyond your pastor's theology and become your reality? When is it going to go beyond my written word and when is it going to become a rhema, spirit-filled word in your life? When is it going to change for the modern-day Christian where the most spiritual, most healing, most powerful person in a congregation isn't only and always the pastor but it's the layman who owns a uh, machine shop, a mechanic shop, and yet is laying hands and seeing people leave without crutches. When? He's looking for a mass break and not necessarily a mass breakthrough. Well, Pastor Matt, you gotta make that make sense. I just did. Our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's, he's simply friends not interested in you getting everything he paid for after your life is done on this earth. That's the the reward of running a race well, the reward of faith and travailing and piercing the veil and living for the promises of God here and now. That's heaven on earth. That's heaven on earth. I'm telling you, there's a moment for every believer where we're going to come to the end of ourselves and we're going we're to wonder, is everything I believe and everything I've ever seen and witnessed, is it true? It's not just Gen Z that, or millennials that love deconstructing. We all have this moment. And I'm telling you, there's a way that you can live where you do have heaven on earth where you do walk in Zion, where you are raised up. And I'm telling you, man, money comes in where it shouldn't. Bones get healed when it looks unreasonable. Cancer flees from bodies. Stomachs are restored. Creative miracles happen. I just heard about one this last week where a guy in the south was praying over a woman with a glass eye. Her head began to throb in pain and she screamed out in agony as he was praying. But he felt the Lord say, keep praying. So he kept praying and the next thing you know, a glass eye popped out and she had an actual eyeball. That's not just the Lord of breakthrough. That's the bride breaking in. Because a lot of us we would have quit when she started screaming in pain. But when the Spirit says go, you go until he says stop. How do I know? Because Jesus lays out this amazing example next. And we'll wrap with this part. He says, see, there's this friend. There's this friend and he's going on a journey. He is starting a new season in his life. You could say he, maybe he was resurrected. He's going to go on this season and he's going to go on this journey and he's going to begin to walk in all the things. But he needs some things for his journey. He needs some equipping for his journey. He needs some equipping for this new life and season he's going to walk in. And so who does he go to? He goes to his friend. He goes to his friend, but it's in the middle of the night. Because God loves to save you when it's darkest. I said, God loves to save you when it's darkest. And he goes to his friend and he knocks on his door. Goes to his friend and his friend kind of comes and says, hey, it's late. I have nothing for you. And then he goes and gets back in bed. But this guy knows if he's going to finish his journey, if he's going to finish his race well, if he's going to do everything that God has said for him to do, he needs what his friend has in that house. And so he knocks again. And he knocks and he knocks and he knocks. And finally his friend shouts to him. He goes, listen, man. I have nothing for you. I am in bed with my kids. My kids are with me. They are resting. I am resting with my kids. I am here. I'm tucked in. We're done. I'm taking care of this over here. And then he knocks again. Why? Because he is undeniable and unreasonable. And then it says, Jesus goes, but the guy who's got everything he needs for his journey he gets out of bed, he leaves his other kids, and he goes to the door, and he attends to the needs of his friend. He equips him for the journey ahead, not because of their friendship. He's already said they're friends. This is interesting dichotomy. We've been preaching about wanting to be friends with God, right? We were talking about Abraham, talking about Lot, talking about how they were friends of God out of intercession with God, and he moved on their friendship, right? We talked about this. And now Jesus is saying, friends of God, move God, yes. But when God is doing something else, or he's resting with his other kids, well, he's not always going to be moved. But what he will be moved for is impudence. Is annoyance. He will get up at unreasonable hours for an unreasonable fire he will get up out of unreasonable circumstances for an unreasonable people are you hearing me this morning it's in this moment we see so many of us we're praying for great revival we're praying for an outpouring and man love alley cat and i'm looking at bethel and i'm going man if you could do it in redding mountains of nowhere in california you could certainly do it in grand rapids but where's it at If you could do it in dallas In the homosexual district at Upper Room. If you can do it there, God, you can surely do it in Grand Rapids. If you can do it in Orlando at Jesus' image, you can do it in Grand Rapids. But what's interesting is that I'm asking these questions, but am I knocking? Because I think God right now is, he's tucked in with Bethel. He's resting with his kids in Reading, and he's resting with his kids in Dallas. And he's resting with his kids in Orlando. And here we are, Takeover Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Are we going to be denied? Are we, you and me collectively, are we going to be denied what he has given to his other children? Or are we going to be unreasonable at unreasonable hours to receive unreasonable miracles, unreasonable presence, unreasonable deliverances, unreasonable kingdom of heaven moving in the earth? Are we going to be unreasonable until he, yes, keeps Bethel good, keeps upper room good, keeps Jesus' image good, and all of a sudden he gets up in the middle of the night and he gives the takeover church what he has given to his other kids? Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Do you see this is how he works? This is what he does. Worship team, you can make your way up here. This is how he moves. This is how we pray. He says, those that ask, they will be told. Those that seek, they will be found. Those that knock, the door will be open. And he's laying out for you and me. You see, friends, there's not this... uh, There's not any room in a relationship with God to get, to get lazy. God rests, but he doesn't get lazy. God longs to rest with us, but he's not resting in laziness. And he's not welcoming us into laziness. He's not welcoming you and I into an area of, yeah, we could just be, Lethargic to the pains of the world, pains of our lives, pains of people, the problems and things that we need to see God move in. Instead, He's inviting us into a, a place and a realm with Him where we ask and we seek and we knock at the door. Friends, I believe there's a fire that breaks in, but it's unreasonable. It's unreasonable. It can't be reasoned with. You see, what's interesting is God will often hold back from you, but that doesn't mean he's unable to be reasoned with. But what we see in the story is that God is certainly able to be reasoned with, but who God chooses to be reasoned with is the unreasonable. Those that can't be denied what they need for their journey, those that can't be denied those that will go to the ends of themselves to the ends of all that they know to the ends of all knowledge all wisdom and they will go to the depths of God until they receive from the depths of God you see what we see in this moment is the friend didn't quit because God didn't come to the door the first time but yet you and I we pray for breakthrough and we quit when we don't see it the first time You see, God didn't even come to the door the second time. And there you and I are. We really, we we lose our grit, don't we? At least on the second time. You see, we're waiting for a breakthrough. We want God to burst through that door into our lives and into our journey. But what if I told you, friends, there are moments in your journey, in your time, in your relationship with God where he is asking you to break in on him. Where he is asking you, no, 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 you knock until I come. You knock until I get up. You ask, you seek, you knock, you shake everything loose that can be shaken and then you do it again and you do it again and you don't lose heart and you don't lose your grip and you don't lose your passion and your zeal and you don't lose your theology or your doctrine or your salvation. But you continue to ask, seek, and knock and I'm telling you, you will be answered. You will find And the door will most certainly be open to you. What we see right here is the model how to pray. But you won't remain if you don't have this fire that's willing to break in. You won't continue to ask, seek, knock, without having this undeniable and unreasonable with faith but I don't think it's for the elite I think it's for everyone who's our father everyone who's a son everyone who's a daughter who gets to say our father I don't think this is reserved for me I don't think this is reserved for people with charisma people with stamina people who are too stiff necked to change i don't think it's reserved for those of us who are the most passionate i think every single one of us is called to live in this type of undeniable and unreasonable way why because he's speaking to 12 guys and all the onlookers and they're all different how do i know they're all different well four of them wrote four different gospels and they got most of it correct they're all in the line and all these things but the personality shows through the writing. They are very different. Peter was a fisherman who wrote Mark and he's very different than Luke, the physician who wrote the book of Luke, who's very different than John, the disciple who Jesus loved and who's very different than Matthew, Levi, the tax collector. They're all different. And yet all of them sat in this moment and were told how to pray. And it ends with this unreasonable thing because jesus goes i mean how come on guys he looks at him gets this great friendship he goes i mean you guys who are evil right you guys who are evil who are broken and desperate in need of grace and mercy those that not yet arrived you commoners whether you are a physician or you are a layman fisherman or you're a tax collector and a swindler and a gangster for rome doesn't matter who you are you all know how to give good gifts to children and then he goes so how much more does God our Father love you and how much more will he give you of his Holy Spirit if you ask would you rise you ask him for a fish he's not gonna hand you a scorpion if you ask him for an egg he's not going to hand you a rock but I think I think it's been a long time since the bride at large has lived in a culture of being unreasonable because we've reasoned out importance to so many other areas in our lives But here as we read this verse, what I see is the most single important thing that Jesus ever did while He walked this earth in His earthly ministry was the one thing He didn't actually have to do. But He understood, friends, whom His Father was and that His Father moves, His Father can be reasoned with but it's only off the backside of people who have decided I will be undenied and I will be unreasonable until I receive what he has for me. So in this moment, we're going to sing a song. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to do, quote unquote, what we always do. But I'm going to give an invitation to you. I'm going to give an invitation to you. The worship team's going to sing. They're going to lead us. We're going to usher in the presence of God again. But I'm going to give you an invitation. What if today was your day where you were undeniable? What if today was your day where you were unreasonable? What if today was your day where it didn't matter how ugly your cries were, how loud your shouts were, how angry you sounded, how undignified you got in this moment. What if today you were like, no, I need a fresh touch of heaven and you wouldn't be denied. What if today you need healing in your body and you go, I won't be denied. So you will dance, you will shout, you will be on your knees and you will shed as many tears and you're asking, you're seeking and you're knocking until it's broke loose for you. There are doors that you will have to ask to open. There are other doors that you will have to seek and they will be open for you. And there are other doors that you will knock and you will knock and you will knock and you will knock and you will knock. And And when you think you can't knock anymore, you're being called to continue to knock because he says it will be open to you. So what if today you decided, no, 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 no. Sexual purity won't be denied from you, but you're going to come to the altar and you're going to knock. What if today a healthy mind would no longer be denied to you, but you're going to come to the altar and you're going to knock? What if today wasn't just another Sunday? What if this wasn't just another church service? What if this wasn't just another moment at Takeover Church, but it was your moment? It was your moment where you decided I will not be denied any further. He is a God that can be reasoned with but he only is reasoned by unreasonable people and I am going to receive today. What if? That's my invitation. I'm going to pray. We're going to kill the lights. We're going to worship. And I am telling you right now is your moment where you can decide it doesn't matter what the person to my left or my right thinks about me it doesn't matter if everyone thought I had it all together before this moment it doesn't matter the mask I wore when I came in it doesn't matter what I'm in desperate need of right here, right now what I'm interested in receiving can't come from Pastor Matt and it can't come from someone on my left or my right it can only come from those doors in the kingdom of God and right now the keys have been given if you need financial provision, you knock you knock if you need liberation from a broken mind you seek if you need healing in your body you keep travailing with tears and crying out before him until you receive this is the plan this is the motion this is what we're going to do today so i'm going to pray and i invite you come forward as you feel you know oh i'm actually not going to leave it in your hands today i don't really care if you feel led i think you should come by before the lord i uh we're, we're not gonna wait on feelings anymore. We're not gonna wait for a, a nudge or a tug from the Holy Spirit when we know that we can ask and seek. Jesus didn't say, when you feel tugged, he says, when you pray. He doesn't say, when you feel tugged, ask, seek, and knock. When you feel encouraged to come forward, no, 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 he just says, come forward. So. I'm inviting you forward and I'm going to pray. And we're not going to wait for a prompting of the Holy Spirit when he says, the kingdom is open and available to you. I'm here. Come and and knock. Father, right now, I pray, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, right now over every single person, God, who is asking, who is seeking, who is knocking in this moment, God. I pray right now, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this room as it is in heaven, in these bodies as it is in heaven, in our situation as it is in heaven, in our circumstances as it is in heaven in our marriages as it is in heaven in our sexuality as it is in heaven in our brokenness as it is in heaven right now lord right now lord we are asking we are seeking we are knocking and we are saying god we will not be denied any further You are a good father who gives good gifts to his children. So we're asking for a greater measure of the Holy Spirit. We're asking for deliverance. We're asking for healing. We're asking for a future, God. Bring us a word this morning. God, right now we just declare the kingdom of heaven in the earthly realm is the children's bread. God, it's what we were made for. It's what we were made for. So we do not lay down for any other thought, we do not lay down for any other motion. Father, we will not be denied any further. So Father, heal hearts, heal bodies. Demons, show yourself and then show yourself out. In the mighty name of Jesus, we're done saying, we're done playing, and we came for the ask, seek, and knock kind of God who is willing to get up in the middle of the night for an unreasonable annoyance, God. Hear us today, Lord. May we annoy you from your throne, and may you move among us, God. May this morning you say, I was in Reading. I was in Dallas. I was in Orlando, and then I heard this tug, this banging, this knocking, this seeking this cry in Grand Rapids so I gotta go hear us Lord we are asking we are seeking we are knocking and we say before you we will not be denied so have your way in us Lord father direct this moment brother Jesus son of God create this moment holy spirit of god initiate all of heaven at 3584 roger b chaffee ears are being healed right now in the name of jesus ears work as you would if you were in heaven right here in jesus name metal is dissolving in legs right now metal is dissolving in broken arms right now Coughs are dissolving in Jesus' name. Raspiness is fleeing in Jesus' name. May throats feel like they just had a fresh touch of honey in them in this moment in Jesus' name. Father, right now, we just give this moment over to you. Have your way, Lord hear the prayers and the cries of your people in Jesus mighty name let us cry let us ask let us seek let us knock and let us not be denied any further get undignified there's no judgment you cry if you got to cry you jump if you got to jump you shout if you got to shout you tell him what you need until he gives it right now in Jesus mighty name Amen